You are not your issue, and that is today's morning moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today on the show we have Christine Kane, and she is talking to us about get up off of your mat and walk. Basically, the invalid who was sitting by the pool of Bethesda was there for 38 years, and he would not get up and walk because he couldn't get in the pool, and he made all these excuses, and so many times, and Christine Kane points this out, we identify with our issues and we just kind of be like, oh, I'm this way. That's just the way it is. That's just who I am. And, and we just make excuses as to why we cannot do the things that God has called us to do. But God has other plans and we need to be bold and have faith and believe. Here's Christine for part one. And there was a multitude of sick people, a multitude of invalids, not just a few. There were all congregated around these five colonnades, these five porches and a spring would come from underneath and it would, it would make the water overflow in that pool. And kind of legend had it in Jesus' days that it was angels' wings that were moving over the water and if someone was in the right place at the right time and it just happened to be their good fortune, then they would be healed. Now this happened so infrequently, but people would lie around the pool waiting for this one day when maybe somehow the water would begin to overflow and someone could get in and someone would get healed. Every day they were hoping maybe I'm the right person, maybe I'm in the right place, maybe this is the right time, maybe this is when it's gonna happen. Perhaps you've come to the conference or you're online and you're feeling like, is this it God? Am I in the right place? Is this the right time? Are you gonna pour your Spirit out on me? Is this the moment? And there was anticipation. And the Bible says that they were in, in groups around the colonnades. There was the lame people and there was the invalids and People were grouped according to their sickness. People were grouped according to the people that were like them. Because did you ever notice that misery likes company? It doesn't like to sit there on its own. It's like people of like nature all tend to congregate together. I I don't know if you've been in church life for a long time, I have, but you notice that in church, you know, all all, all the people that are like gossipers, they're all gonna find each other. And all the people that are, kind of the foodies will be, and they'll find each other. And you know, all the progressives, they're gonna find each other. And all the naysayers, they're gonna find each other. It's just amazing if you're in church life for long enough that everyone finds their people that are like them, people that will agree with them, people that will congregate together. And it just kind of, you go, how did that happen? That people always like to congregate together because people with the same issues love to find each other and lie by the pool together? Why lie alone when you can lie with everybody else that's like you? And it creates a culture. You see that where people of, of, of either similar cultures or, or perhaps even socioeconomic backgrounds or traditions or maybe issues, they tend to congregate together. And a culture can often become more dangerous than the disease because the culture fosters the disease 
in such an interesting way. You get enough people sitting around the pool together, you create a culture. And in that culture, the disease begins to fester. And more people jump into that culture and more people become diseased by what's in that culture. That's what was happening at the pool of Bethesda. All the people with the same issues that they'd come around and they'd gathered together. Now, these people that gathered together with the same issues, these are people that wanna be accepted rather than changed. They wanna be affirmed rather than changed. They wanna be comforted rather than changed. They wanna be enabled rather than changed. They, they wanna be pitied rather than changed. The issue is Jesus is in the transformation business. And we better be careful that we're not creating cultures of enablement that fester and allow disease to flourish that keeps people in their infirmity on the mat. So you have a whole bunch of invalids and sick people gathered around. We don't really know their names. We, we just know their issues. You ever met someone like that? They're no longer even identified by their name. No one knows that. You just know their issue. You can look straight ahead now because I'm not talking about your best friend next to you. I'm just saying they like, I know no one in this room has got issues. This is just for the people online. No one's got an issue. But you know, you just need to, you, you see people like that. They're like, you know, well, oh, walk around that. Be very delicate because they've just got like an anger problem. Don't press that button because that issue will rear itself. And there's just, you know, the Bible is full of people. We don't know their names, but we know their issues. Their identity is in their issue that we don't know their name. In Luke chapter eight, there's the woman with the issue of blood. We don't know her name, but we know her issue. There's the Samaritan woman we talked about in John chapter four. We don't know her name, but we know her issue. There's the woman caught in the act of adultery in John chapter eight. We don't know her name, but we know her issue. There's the man born blind in John chapter nine. We don't know his name, but we know his issue. In Mark chapter five, there's a demoniac. We don't know his name, but we know his issue. In Mark chapter one, there's a leper. We don't know his name, but we know his issue. In Mark chapter seven, there's a deaf and a mute man. We don't know their names, but we know their issues. Now I know you don't have an issue, but I'm coming for the person that has defined themselves by their issue. They no longer know their identity. They no longer know their name. We've come tonight to rename some people. We've come tonight to remind some people who you are and what your name is. You are not your issue. We live in a culture that has built monuments to issues. People have forgotten who they are because they're defined by their issue. They're celebrated for their issue. They're comforted around their issue. They built entire cultures around their issue and disease festers in cultures. And we live in a world where people are having the life sucked out of them because they no longer know their name. They only know their issue. We fund their issue. We support their issue. And he goes on. And the Bible says that Jesus turned up in this thing. And he says that there was one man there because there's always one. 
I didn't come for the multitudes. I mean, we've got 250,000 online. We've got everyone in this room, but, but I haven't come for the multitudes. I've come for the one. See, Jesus walked into this place and there was multitudes, the Bible says, multitudes of invalids, but He only saw one. Because the thing that I've discovered is there's only ever one that wants to be healed in the multitudes in reality. Oh, the multitudes will gather around the pool. But Jesus is looking for the one. And He turns up and it's so interesting to me. This dude's been lying by the pool for 38 years. That's longer than Jesus was alive. He'd been lying there longer than Jesus was alive. I wonder when He was a baby, did His parents bring Him? And maybe hope that the water was gonna move and it was gonna be their child's opportunity for healing. And then I wonder when He got into His 20s, whether they just kind of dropped Him off and fend for yourself. Somehow you're just gonna make it. And 38 years, almost four decades, He's, he's just lying there, just like lying do you know what it would be like for four decades to see the pool where your healing is, but you can't reach it. You, you can't touch it. You know, there's nothing worse in life than to get a glimpse of your future and not feel like you can reach and grab that future, reach and grab that wholeness and reach and grab that healing, that blessing, that prosperity, the fullness of what? kingdom living is here to bring us. But you see, we become so identified by our issue that we look at that pool and we think there's no way that that's really for me. That's for everybody else. Everybody else can have their healing and their breakthrough. And Jesus turns up, this is what blows me away. Now, if Jesus was on the pastoral team at Bethel, He would lose His job. Because Jesus turns up and He asks them a question which is not really nice if you went into a place that's full of sick people and Jesus says, do you want to be healed? Have you ever thought how pastorally inappropriate that would be? Because you see, our picture of this Jesus is that He's just gonna sit on that mat with us. Oh, I know you don't want to be healed. I know you love your identity. I know you love your brokenness. So how about I sit here with you and we can sing Kumbaya until I come back. In fact, it's lonely just sitting here by yourself. So make sure that you bring more people into this culture with you. So we can all sit together and have no breakthrough and no victory and no healing and no transformation. Let's just sit here until the second coming. That's what you would think a pastoral Jesus would do, a loving Jesus would do, because Jesus just gets me, man. <laughs> Jesus just really understands. And if Jesus was here, Chris, He would just say, you do you, boo. <laughs> you just do you, whatever you wanna do, just do you. I get it, I know. But no, no, the Jesus that I'm reading about in the New Testament, in the New Testament, in red writing, He said, do you want to 
That was Christine Kane, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Christine Kane, Get Off the Mat and Walk. You can also find out more information about her at her website, ChristineKane.com. Hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless.